Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert.
But there is something important out here. Out here, in here, and I can never quite figure out what it is. I wind up sort of walking around, sort of seeing it out of the corner of my eye, like a quail or a lizard in a bush, or some snake or kangaroo rat that you just kind of barely catch and then it's gone. And it's a weird thing to think about, but if you're in a, a certain kind of work, which I happen to be in, you think about it all the time. Is there a way to do this kind of work and give it some deeper meaning, some deeper purpose? And if so, what is it? Where is it? It's here, but where? It's outside of politics. It's outside of religion. It's outside of science. But it's a lot of all of that, too. And this part, with the microphone, with the strange and eerie sounds rising up around us, ultimately, that's just entertainment. Whatever you do on a stage, or in a book, or on a podcast, or on tape, on a canvas, add religion and you get a tax deduction. <laughs> Add politics and you get a nightmare. Add late capitalism and you get a disaster. So what is this? What is it all? What do we make of it? Well, we try to make it fun. We try to make it a little bit educational. Not too much. That's about the best I can do, being a fairly uneducated, kind of half hillbilly, Cajun, half something else. The third half, that's the half you always have to worry about. Or request. You can say, I don't ask for much. Just the third half, if possible. So, what are we doing here? We want a night out. We deserve a night out. We deserve a little fun now and then. It's a good feeling driving up this road, up this hill. More Joshua trees as you gain elevation. A darker sky, more animals out. Owls swooping over quail springs, Mojave cottontails. Those big lean jackrabbits. Some big horn now and then, the mule deer like a little bit more growth on the ground. I don't see them quite as much. I used to see them often when I lived up by Black Rock Canyon. It's more wooded there. Joshua tree woodland, a little thicker. On my afternoon walk, one time I was just sitting there against a juniper shade, and maybe ten feet away in the tall grass between another couple of junipers, I see them. Three black-tailed mule deer. But memory is not reliable. I was thinking about this 
today, and it was only six or seven years ago, and I thought I remembered it clearly, and now I can't remember the details. There was a young mule deer, a smaller one, and I can't remember the rest. They were there, it's just a glimmer. I remember the stillness and the eyes, three sets of eyes, staring at me, I think, three sets of eyes. Then they probably bolted off after a while, I moved or sneezed or breathed too loud. I should remember all of that and not the lyrics to a song that I don't like that they were playing at the gas station. And you're never standing at the gas station pump and there's some song playing and you get mad at yourself because you know the words and it's a song you don't even like. I was at the gas station in Joshua Tree and I was watching people get declined at the pump. You ever see that? That's not fun. And there was a song playing very loud, and it was a song being sung by a celebrity, and the celebrity was complaining that people were talking about the celebrity on social media. And it really did seem inappropriate in that setting, of all the things, you know? What do you remember from your early years? I wish I remembered more of my early years and less of the song of the gas station. Less of the many decades in between. Well, night has fallen on the desert and it's the desert we are in. We're right here at First World in Joshua Tree for the first time. I was telling Bobby earlier tonight, and thank you, Bobby, for having us. I've come here now and then over the years, and I think from the first time I came in here, I thought, oh, this would be a good place to do something if I could, you know, make up some deal. And it took a while. It's a secret, this place, and we're all in on it. And everybody here knows the secret, and I better not say anything more about it, because this is going to go on the radio. <laughs> that road you came in on, winding and twisting through the south side of Joshua Tree, it gets tricky real quick. First, you're rolling up from town, downtown Joshua Tree, as we call it. Charitably. <laughs> Charmingly, I mean. See Charming Joshua Tree Village. And then you're coming up the road and all of a sudden the RV America campers and the two-wheel drive SUVs are screeching and tilting and the road is twisting up and down the foothills across the sandy washes past the real estate signs mailboxes, the regular houses, the comfortable cabins, and 
built up here. Built up before the bottom falls out. Before the inevitable real estate cycle. Now this is a local crowd and I'm looking around and I just saw a bunch of people get visibly nervous. <laughs> Checking their phones, <laughs> texting their brokers. Listen, this guy is kind of a nut, but what if he knows something? There are people like that from time to time. driving over to park the car by the gate and take my usual walk up in section 6 and section 5. About the only usual thing in my life. And I was on the way and on the opposite side of the road just some sand and some Creosote, cat claw. Now there was a big coyote all bloodied up and in its death throes on the side of the road. I say him because I think I recognized him once I thought about it. Is this big male and he had what looked like kind of like a, a, a Viking fur coat over his shoulders uh, on his back. Uh, a warrior, a leader of that coyote family. The one I see or saw most days walking back there, either they'd be crossing the road or they'd be crossing Onaga or they'd be somewhere up in Section 5 or headed down the coyote hole. The name is not a joke. There's water there, some of the time. Park water, anyway. You get used to a mouthful of sand when you're a coyote. A little water with your sand. Well, I don't like seeing such things. We get used to seeing roadkill, we call it roadkill, even though it's actually car or truck kill. Blame the road. <laughs> but you get used to seeing animals that are already dead. It's a very different thing to see one that's still alive. And the animal is still alive, and then there's a, a smaller coyote frantically at its side trying to do something, licking the muzzle I saw for a second. Of the big one, the big one who is about to die, but not quite yet. And I thought maybe it was his mate and did not get a good enough look. Because I looked away, because it's horrible. And it's a horrible thing to see. But just for a second, it looked like she was trying to drag him to safety. She kind of 
grabbed at the scruff of the neck like you do with the pups. Off, off the road, away from the cars. If I drove around with a gun, I guess I would have pulled over and put the uh, coyote out of its misery. Taking a deep breath. But I don't, so I did not. And when I drove back that way yesterday, when I was coming up here to set up, the coyote was still there, dead on the side of the road. Alone this time, of course, the spirit had left the body, the beast. I heard the rest of the pack howling a day or so later on another evening walk. And I guess the howling sounded like it always sounds, and I just imagined that it sounded different. Like it was mournful. Like it was missing a voice on the low end. And the, the cold part of you says, well, our own state and federal governments slaughter hundreds, thousands of coyotes a year. Year after year, they stack them up in the backs of pickup trucks and stand there like idiots grinning. And counties pay bounties to this day on coyotes. So it's just one coyote, you know. But how much can you worry about one? just because you happen to be familiar with it. So that night I'm in the saloon, I'm telling somebody the story, and some wise-ass next to me says, that coyote would kill you in a minute. And, you know, first of all, no. Uh, I think there might be a handful of coyote incidents with humans in recorded history, and coyotes hunt what they eat. Like Ted Nugent. <laughs> kangaroo rats, jackrabbits, bunnies, a lot of mesquite pods, they got a lot of protein in the mesquite pods. But they don't really bother us. And they are a delight to the eyes, to the ears. Then you have house cats who will start eating you within a few hours of you perishing. Because house cats have lived too long with people. They've lost their morals. <laughs> I move over here to the office. Uh, 
Now this year's Highway 62 Open Studio Art Tours. There's been a new catalog put out. I'm gonna have it here. Here we go. Right here. But as the art tours comes to an end, I want to remind everybody to pick up a copy of this catalog. You can't have mine. I only have one. But they did it up real nice this year. And because of some sort of misunderstanding with the organization, they wound up putting three mysterious advertisements in the catalog. They're kind of menacing, really. There's... Uh, here we go. There's this one, which says... No, that's not one. Here. Have you seen the Yucca Man? Please report your experience to our trained psychic detectives. Help us help you. Then there's a phone number, 951-922-5218. And if you call that number, well, you get this public service announcement that's like this. Hello, Yucca Man Hotline. Do you have something horrible to report? I can't hear you. Can you please scream a little louder? Listen, all the psychic investigators are over at the hospital. We had sort of an incident. Are you doing the art tours up in the high desert? I'm sorry, this line's bad. Cell service is very unreliable in the high desert, so most people don't bother. See all those wooden poles on the dirt roads? Those carry something called landlines, meaning an actual physical length of wire goes to each little cabin, or shack, or trailer, Airbnb, or underground bunker, whatever people have, whatever happens to be there. But if it doesn't work in the car, well then what are you gonna do? That's the trouble. Are you still there? Look, I can't hear you. Let me just read the information card. It should answer your concerns or at least address your concerns. The organization tries to update this information every year, but honestly, the card always says the same thing. Yucca Man is our version of Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever you want to call it. They are not physical creatures in the sense of being a sort of animal that exists here in this time, in this dimension, in this world, in this current reality we seem to occupy the same way as a jackrabbit or a coyote or a tortoise or a tarantula or a Mojave rattlesnake. You understand this about Yucca Man, right? But it doesn't mean it's not real. It's entirely real. It's a monster. And if you know your Latin, you know a monster is an apparition and it demonstrates itself at the time and place of its choosing. None of us know when. None of us knows the day nor the hour. Monsters are generally bound to a place or a region and when the Yucca Man, or the Desert Sasquatch, or the Cement Factory Monster, or whatever you want to call it, appears, it is physically real. The whole immense, hairy, sulfur-smelling, eight-foot-tall, clawed monstrosity with glowing red eyes, eyes like fire. Like when you're looking at the campfire for too long, 
Maybe you had too much or whatever they're passing around and suddenly you start seeing eyes in the campfire. And you're thinking, well, doesn't the devil always smell sulfur in the Bible or whatever? Yeah, that's the case. That's what we're talking about. You really gotta watch yourself out here. Just be careful. Don't eat babies or cigarettes or tacos or donuts in your vehicle. You don't want to attract them. That's the kind of thing they go for, you know what I mean? Don't sleep in your car. Don't sleep in your tent. You get the picture? Enjoy your art tour, and good luck. You'll need it. If you want more information, I can't help you, but you can look this up on your phone, assuming you get a better signal. Tales of the Yucca Man, the known unknown. That's all we know. I mean, we don't really know anything about it. That's the first one. So they put three of these hats in this thing. Can you imagine visitors driving around? What the hell is this? Should we call? So they call. The second one says, worried about aliens? Harassed by odd entities? Stop living in fear. Investigators are standing by. Make this free call now. And then you're encouraged to call this number, 760-820-9543. And then you get something like this. Should you make the error in judgment of calling these numbers out of an art catalog? I don't think anybody really calls them. But maybe you should call after the show. Even though you already know what's going to be on it. Make the call and just hand the phone to somebody else. It's for you. Do it like in the parking lot at the visitor center. Hand it to a ranger. So you're calling about aliens, odd entities, that sort of thing. I understand. We all understand up here. We've had some pretty good investigators, but they're all working for the military now. Maybe that Space Force, and they're just not on the job anymore. They're AWOL. They've got these underground facilities underneath the Marine Corps base, according to some stories, and listen, it's not safe right now. This is just a message, is what I'm saying. A recorded message because everyone else is dead. In one way or another. Just look around you. Look who's stumbling around the saloon, trying to climb a boulder like an idiot. Trying to get across Highway 62 between a hundred camper vans, and military convoys, drug addicts, waterheads, just look around and ask yourself, are any of these people actually alive? How could you tell? Are they operational? That's the question, the issue at hand. Is any of this operational? It's been about 70 years since George Van Tassel started talking to the Space Brothers, the aliens, whatever they are. The tall Nordic aliens, he said. They're like that comic book movie with Thor and Odin and all that. They're real. They come down sometimes out of air and electricity and plasma. And they come down and buy people, fill their heads with all sorts of gibberish. Space Brothers, the new time, the new era. Don't believe it. Maintain a safe distance. Maintain your dignity. 
What did you see in the sky? Now, you call the sheriff, they won't even answer the phone. They're out to lunch. They're about to replace them all with robots. There's a budget measure. Mechanical simulations, no pension plans. It's still very low budget. Nothing works. You know it, and that's why you're out here. Oh, you're going to meet some artists, are you? Good luck with that. Like, that's going to change anything. Well, maybe it will. There is a sort of power to art. Good art, anyway, sometimes. And sometimes what doesn't make sense, like everything happening around us all the time, this stew of swirling sewage we call 2019, Sometimes what doesn't make sense can almost make sense when viewed through the lens of inspired art. Maybe you'll bring something home. Don't forget to tip your server. Well, that's what they told me to say anyway. You go off script and there's a knock at the door in the night. You know how it goes. So this is the end of the message and... Well, we'll tell you just a little bit more since you stayed on so long. We are sort of in a bind out here. We need a little help. We need you to keep your eyes and ears open. Now, at one of these art studios, one of these art studios you stop at today, there's going to be a person who says to you these words, see you around. And don't act like a fool. Just do what I say. When they say, see you around, you say, illumination is the light of wisdom on a world darkened by sin. You got it? <laughs> well, there's one more display ad, but uh, that one I want you to call yourself because that one relates to what we're doing here tonight. Those old lands were supposed to be Easter eggs in the catalog. In the words of Bill Green, who was running the operation, came up with the idea. I just want to say to Bill Green, if he's listening, there are no Easter eggs at Halloween. Those are jack-o'-lanterns. So... Pay close attention to that last one. Because the last one says we're seeking people who have had extraordinary experiences. We want them to call into the program, call into Desert Oracle Radio. And that's what I want to do right now. You all are here. You all have had strange experiences, most certainly. Maybe you've had so many that you don't even know they're strange anymore. That ever happened when people visit from out of town? And you're just going about your routine? Pulling joyous vines out of your ankles? Scooping up rattlesnakes into rubber garbage cans and driving eight miles to... Let him off on a BLM land. <laughs> I think that's legal, I'm not sure. It's cheaper than calling the snake guy out of the back of the newspaper. 
If you haven't already, we have a podcast, and you can subscribe to it. Uh, it's a version of the radio show that we do down in Joshua Tree on Z107. But now we're going to do something we can't do on the radio, and that's pluck human beings out of an audience of innocence, more or less. And we're going to take your calls. Where's Stephanie? Was Stephanie Teaser the last one out when it got dark? Thank God it wasn't you tonight. There's one every night. Who would like to come up and try our vintage haunted payphone and tell Desert Oracle about your weird experiences? Oh, it could be anything. Did you see a UFO? Did you see the UFO two weeks ago over 29 Palms over the National Park? It was over the Del Taco a week later between the Del Taco and the Marriott. Have you had weird creatures hanging around your home? Have you had strange experiences with trapdoors in your cabin? Did you, like a resident of North Joshua Tree, ever leave your car in somebody else's garage and forget where? And then go to the newspaper to ask. Jay Babcock told me that story the other day. They still haven't found the car. It's a Jaguar. I think we have a caller. Welcome to Desert Oracle Radio. Who do we have on the line? Turn your radio down, sir. There we go. Do we have you now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Who, who is this? My name is Gabriel Hart from Morongo Valley, California. All the way from Morongo Valley. <laughs> That's a long way. That's about as far away as you can go and still be in the high desert. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? You've had something inexplicable happen, is, is the idea that it just does. Yeah, extremely inexplicable. And I'd like the audience's help with this if possible. I was hiking the other day. Um, you know where Devil's Garden is? I do. I want you to explain for... Devil's Garden is right on, right at the bottom of the 62. Um, so if you're going, you just, you're going right up the Morongo Grade and you look to the left, you've got to hop. Nobody asks you for directions, do they? <laughs> um, anyway, it's a sort of torture course. It's not, I wouldn't recommend it. So, yeah, why, why would I tell you where it was? But I was hiking there the other day and I saw a really peculiar... Thing or group, group of things. I need need everyone's help to tell me what, what you could possibly do with this assemblage. Right in a pile, I saw a pair of binoculars, a bottle of pop-up vodka, a butane lighter, and a bottle of Louverdurp lotion. A bottle of Lubriderm lotion. And I just couldn't figure out what 
what he would possibly be doing with this war. In the middle, you know, in the middle of the war. Now, were they arranged? They were, um, maybe, now that I think about it, maybe like a North and Southwest kind of Did you know any, um, like metal lyrics from the 80s? Written on a nearby rock or anything? There wasn't any rocks, no. There was just, um, well, you do do something with a certain kind of rock, with a butane lighter. You know what I'm talking about. What is true, what is true, but we don't want to go casting aspersions to everybody with a butane lighter in their pocket. Not, not this year. Um... Well, if I worked for the sheriff's department, the first thing I would say is a satanic cult. I, that was my first. That was my first. Uh, um, if I was a trail maintenance employee, I think I would probably say day pack accident. <laughs> but you can't, and in fact, you never should, especially if you're listening to this program. Rule out the occult. Did you take any of the items home, or did you leave them there? Well, I need, I did need, I did need a lighter. I did need You took the lighter. I think we're going to get to the bottom of this, and I think it's going to be a process of elimination. So I'm wondering if next time you go back, if you could take one more thing, and then call in, or a postcard is fine. And then at the end of, of all four objects, I think we'll kind of have it solved. I was feeling a little ash today, so yeah. we have to get a bottle for Okay, I would do it. You know, in Phoenix, Arizona, they keep the skin lotion locked up like prescription drugs. This is true. You go to a Rite Aid or something, it's in a cage with, with locks on it. I get a little hand lotion. Skin's a little dry. It's 120. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, and, and I, I do think we need we need all, all the items ultimately, but one at a time. Yes. Thanks to Gabe for doing this. Thank you. Jeff. Don't you have a book coming out? Uh, yeah, I want yeah, it would come out this year, and then uh, yeah, Space Cowboys putting out my next one space cowboy books they don't just sell used to locate books they make their own books thank you stephanie we have another caller on the line about that happened? Um, yeah, I've had a few 
in between where a helicopter would higher than a helicopter, lower than a plane, but really higher than a helicopter and hovering. So we watched it for about five minutes as it changed shape. The orbs went into different formations. What what formations? What did they do? Um, kind of looked like a triangle with like two dot 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 dot. And it would turn around and be facing upwards, another triangle. Then it would spin around again and be something else geometric. It always looked geometric. And then uh, we watched them all disappear again. So like, shh, shh, they burnt out until they were gone. And uh, it had a giant impact on my life. Did it feel like you were watching something intelligent? Yes, absolutely. I felt like they were as aware of us as we were of them. It was balls of energy. I don't know what it was. It was unidentified to me. Did you feel like it was performing some sort of display specifically for that group of people? It sort of felt like it. It sort of felt like it wanted to be seen. Except for the guy in the No, no, he was masked. He would not. He was like, you guys, it's lanterns. You guys are crazy. We were sober. We were not crazy. We saw it. It was not lanterns. Whatever it was, was moving with intelligence and saw us as much as we saw them. So. Did you get any sense of communication from it? A sense of anything? Um, I wasn't scared of it. I wouldn't say I received any telepathic messages from it, but it didn't feel scary. It felt warm and nice and exciting. Your other witnesses, were they... other than the, the one guy, uh, were they entranced? Yeah, we were all... I mean, one of them was screaming. Two of us were silent, and she was, like, screaming with excitement. And yeah, we were all just, we were like, everyone agreed it was a magical moment. And just some people on the side of the road screaming. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and everything was dark. Everyone was asleep, except for the party up the street. Literally, like, 11.57 p.m. we leave. Turn around, it's almost midnight, and we see this. What, what road was this, if I can ask? Um, it was right off Mulholland Highway, so, which is between Beachwood Canyon. And uh, the 101, if you guys know LA. And it's relatively dark. Very dark. There. It's also um, suburban-ish feeling up there. There's families. They don't really leave their houses. They go to bed. The Manson family. Did you have the sense that there were humans behind whatever it was you saw? I would have to, my first instinct is to say no, I, I haven't thought about that, but no, I didn't think they were humans, and, you know, I, of course, got very obsessed and intrigued by this thing, so the next day I sort of searched all the social medias, which you can do for hashtag UFO, UFO sightings like Hollywood, blah, 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 and, um, I not only found someone who had also seen that one, but I found pictures on Instagram from around the world, different time zones, that had seen something similar to what we had seen, which was four or five orbs 
in different formations. I remember one in Spain, I remember one in New York, there was one in Florida, there was one in Peru, of course. So it was kind of like they were presenting themselves, it seems. It was a, a small wave. Small hello. Like small we are hello, here, yes. And if you're ready to see us, maybe you're ready to see us. He yeah. wasn't. The guy in the car was not ready to see us. No, no, I'm sure it's all gone south for him since. It's, uh, it's, it's a strange thing how you react, what your automatic state of mind is upon seeing something that doesn't add up. And what, in the, in the ensuing years, what difference do you think is made in in your existence and your approach to things because people often have a even if they didn't receive a message if you ever go look at the questionnaires of John Mack uh, Harvard researcher went rogue started talking to people about UFOs he was very interested in the after effects and in the changes in the in the state of personality yeah, I mean, what it did to me is really kind of change my view of the world. It made me um, actually think there was more out there than what I had learned. Um, so that was great. It opened my mind. It definitely expanded me in that sense. And also, since then, um, I have seen multiple similar scenarios. And I'd like to say that if you believe it, you see it, you can see it again. So I have definitely had like between 10 to 15, six uh, similar or like things mainly in LA. Have you been checked for an implant? <laughs> um, no, I don't think I'm pretty, no. I think you've become significantly less normal if you check for a, an implant. Our friend Jeremy Corbell made a whole movie about people who are convinced that small bits of, uh, well, I hope Jeremy's not listening, like a little bit of broken off fence or lawnmower blade or whatever under their skin was uh, uh, you know, being marked by, by uh, E.T. I mean, that's, that's fine if that happens. They, they apparently don't hurt. No, it's exciting. Um, That's all exciting to me. It's my life. So you've been convinced. Thank you, Lauren, for sharing your story with yes, us. And uh, I, I bet you might see something tonight because you're in the desert. Yes. <laughs> we have time for uh, one, one more brief call if we have anyone else. Thanks, Lauren. And here we go. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Desert Oracle Radio. Thanks for calling in. What's your name, sir? My name is Josh. Josh. Mm-hmm. I've uh, lived out here 13 years now, and uh, uh, I've seen a bunch of things, actually, over the years. Uh, 
I moved to the desert in 83. Um, the weirdest thing I've ever seen was when I was 11 years old, I had a, a, some, a, some nautical uh, binoculars that were massive uh, that belonged to my grandfather. And uh, I was scanning the, uh, the skyline of the uh, San Jacinto Mountains uh, one lazy, boring day. And uh, it was broad daylight. And uh, in the forest of the, of the mountains, I saw a building. It was uh, just a cube-shaped building, like a cinder block building that had lightning bolts coming off of it. What? Yeah. A, phys a physical building attached to the ground. Woo! Yeah. It had lightning, like like the the tower. Of like, the a Tesla, like a Tesla, like a Tesla coil. Like a Tesla thing. What did what did you do when you saw this? I rubbed my eyes like a cartoon character and looked again. And it was still there. It was still there. Could you approach it? Could you? No, 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 no. It was miles away. I was in Ranch Mirage uh, in a country club, and I'm looking probably 20 miles away with these binoculars. These binoculars, I was 11, so I was about this tall. These binoculars were this big. Um, this must have been a very uh, opulent childhood. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, what? Connection. What do you say? All the lines are bad here. Uh, yes. I'm just thinking about the country club and the giant fancy binoculars and everything. Uh, and you look through these binoculars from uh, what sounds like a sane environment where people were just going about their business. Uh, the low desert is Melrose Place meets Sleepy Hollow meets Mayberry. Yeah. And this was daytime, so all the adults must have been kind of about half mimosa'd out. And so through the through these high-powered binoculars, tell us what you saw. Well, okay, so there was trees. It was forest up there, and um, uh, I just saw a clearing, and uh, there was a, this building that was I, I couldn't gauge the size of it. It wasn't. Um, it was probably like a two-story building, I'm guessing. I mean, I was 11, so... Um, uh, but there was... Um, there were lightning bolts coming out of it, just, like, just around the building. It was really bizarre. I don't know what I was looking at. I, I don't know what I, what I saw. How long did it last? Was it still there when you stopped looking at it, or...? Yeah, I, I, I kind of gawked at it for a few minutes, and then got bored. So, so there's nothing I could do about it really. I was alone, so I couldn't be I, I couldn't I couldn't show you. I couldn't just point in there and say, look, 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 look. I couldn't show anybody so I was So they just dropped you off at a country club. Yeah. Well it was uh, uh, actually um it was um this is this is where I lived. Machines out back? Or? No, no, it was just a, a really modest uh, place, you know. Uh, it was, um, it was, it was just a. Uh, it didn't even. It wasn't even gated actually. But uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fancy. Really. You know, I live in a country club. It turns out. 
Thank you very much, and good night from the Voice of the Desert. 